Happy Sabbath. My name is Daniela Cruz, and I'm so blessed to be able to speak to you this morning. But before we begin, may we please have a word of prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for allowing us all to be here together to worship you. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. So to begin, can you all open your Bibles to the to the scripture that was read, Judges 6, and we're going to be reading from verses 11 to 18. And it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Josiah the Abizarite, when his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord returned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manassas, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites as one man. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I return and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. So I hope many of you know the story of Gideon. I know that most of my peers up here know the story of Gideon because Mr. Martinez talks about it. Or if they didn't pay attention, they don't know about it. But most of us, if you pay attention during class, know about the story of Gideon. But throughout Gideon's life, uh, God has had this great plan for him. So, but for, in his origin story, the very beginning, he actually has three excuses that he gives um, God for not doing what God is asking of him. And so the first one is that Gideon didn't feel qualified. Here in verse 15, he says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save my clan? How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manassas, and I am the least in my family. Gideon understands that the, Midian, that the Israelites have been captive because to the Midianites, they were treating them horribly. And he's like, the only way we're going to solve this problem is if we have war. So Gideon's like, I can't do this. My clan is the weakest. We do not have the capacity to fight. We don't have enough equipment. We are not the strongest. God, we, we cannot do this. I'm sorry. And the second one, he said, I'm the least. So Gideon is acknowledging that he's even the least in his household. So it's not possible for him to lead and influence a group of people to do what God is asking. But God replies to him and said, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites as one man. Most of the time when we're asked to do something for God, we don't feel qualified. Nobody feels qualified. I didn't feel qualified to preach because I don't have a degree in theology, but we are trying. So, and you just don't feel qualified. And so sometimes you feel like Gideon, you feel like you don't have a good support system or you don't have a big enough group to help you execute your plan of doing ministry or anything, or you feel like you have no influence in the church and you feel like you have to be this great person. But here, God is telling us that that's not the case that we can do anything if we just ask him for it. If we just ask him, God, please help me. I want to do great things for you, but I don't think I'm able to because I don't, I'm not qualified. I can't do anything. 
but God is telling Gideon, no, you can strike all of them. Even if, even if I give you all the armies in the world, it doesn't matter. If you don't have me, you won't be able to do it. So when you don't feel qualified, you have to understand that you don't have to feel qualified. God makes you feel qualified. The second thing that Gideon tells God or tells God why he can't do it is that Gideon thinks that he's not able to do it, so he's waiting for God to choose someone else to do it. So in verses 13 to 14, he said, um, where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon was trying to tell God, like, why didn't you send someone to do it? I, I, I've heard all these stories about you doing amazing things. Why aren't you doing it now? Why haven't you sent someone to do it? And then God's probably looking at Gideon and saying, wow, you have so much fire. I think you should do it. He tells him, he says, um, do I not send you with all this power that you're speaking with? God is acknowledging that, that Gideon is, has the flame for it. And he's like, I think you should do it. Instead of sending some random person that doesn't probably have the same flair as you, I think you should go ahead and do it. Um, when I was little, my mom used to hear me sing, and she understood that there, I've come to the age where it's time for me to use my voice for ministry. And then one day my mom said, you know what, I think it's time for you to sing. I think it's time for you to sing for church. And I remember telling my mom, no, I am not going to sing. I was, well, I was six, and I was telling my mom, I'm not going to do this, thinking that my mom's going to listen to a six-year-old. Um, so I said, mom, I'm not going to do this. I can't do this. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking, but I will not. And she says, okay, next Saturday you're going to be singing at church. And I was like, oh. Um, so um, the day came where it was time for me to sing my song. My mom dressed me up in a cute little dress, and I had my hair curled, and it was, it was set. So I go up, and they're like, Daniela Cruz is going to be doing a special music. And so I get the mic, and I'm looking out into the crowd, and my mom has a video, so if anyone wants to see it, you can go ask her. But I go like this, and I look at everyone, and I'm like, no, thank you. And I put the mic on the podium, and I go, and I sit down next to my mom, and I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Don't ever make me do that again. I don't know why you put me up to that. That's not my reason. God gave me a voice just to go sing in private to Adele. And I was like, and she was like, okay. So then... A few months passed, and we went back to church, and me and my mom were sitting in the same pews as we always do, and today they announced that someone else is going to be doing a special music. And so I'm sitting down, and here comes this woman, and she's coming on the stage, and she looks so graceful. She's like walking up with like this, and she looks so ready to sing, and I'm like, oh, okay, she's going to sing a little song. So then she puts the mic up to her mouth, and she sings, and she sounds horrible like really really bad like she wasn't even hitting the notes like it was just it was so bad and you know since I was like I'm like I was like a music major at seven years old I was like this is horrible I don't know why they put her up here and so I'm telling my mom I'm like mom who put her up there this is so bad they need to, they need, someone needs to take her off right now and mom's like don't don't say anything so then we're just sitting there like oh so good thank you and so later I get into the car with my mom, and I'm like, Mom, why would they do this? Who did this? I want to talk to the person who put her up there right now. And I'm like, Mom, why did they choose her? Why did they ask her to do it? And then she looked at me, and she's like, well, God had to find someone else 
someone else to do your job. And I was like, oh, oh, you're trying to teach me a lesson. Thank you, thank you. I, I really needed this. So from that moment on, I realized that God chooses each one of us to do certain things. He's given us all talents that we can use to magnify him and make him, you know, glorious. Um, many of my classmates at school, when I'm walking around, I see that all of them have so many amazing talents. As you can tell by the choir and the orchestra, they're amazing. They, God has blessed them with the ability to do all these amazing, amazing things. And sometimes it's not always music. Sometimes I'll be walking around school and some kids will be talking about the new Marvel movie and they'll be like with this fire. They'll be like, you know, this happened and that happened. I'm like, wow, that's really good. Or they'll start talking about, or someone will be able to comfort me when I'm really sad. Everyone is so talented in their own ways, and God wants you to use it. But when you deny it and you say, I don't want to do this, and you say, oh, you know, they're going to find someone else, that's not always the case. Yes, they can find someone else, but they're not going to do the job as well as you would do because God made it specifically for you to do, not someone else. So here, God is trying to tell Gideon, you know, I can find someone else, but the fire you have in you is not going to be the same. So he's saying, telling Gideon, please, you have to be the one to do it. And that's, that's, that's what he was saying. So <laughs> the third thing that, the third thing that, uh, that Gideon was telling, well, at the end of the, the chapter, or close to the end, Gideon realizes that now he has officially talked to God. And he's like, you know what, God, I think it's time, you know, I should, I, I'm going to give you a sacrifice. I have to sacrifice something for you. And I feel like to do stuff for God, you have to always sacrifice something. It can be big. It can be small. It can just be trying to get uncomfortable for God, as in talking to someone you regularly don't talk to or something along those lines. Just sacrificing your time or anything for God, and that's all God wants is just for you to make a sacrifice for him. Um, when my cousins, or all of us were younger, we would always want our parents to watch The Passion of the Christ. And so around Easter time, all the adults would go watch The Passion of the Christ, and all the kids would watch the Easter Veggie Tale movie, because that's what we were allowed to watch. And I remember all of my cousins being like, why can't we watch The Passion of the Christ? Like, I, it's a Christian movie. We can watch a Christian movie. And they were like, no, 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 not yet, not yet. You guys can't watch The Passion of the Christ yet. And I was like, okay. So we'd go watch Veggie Tales, and they would go watch The Passion of the Christ. And then we all waited for that faithful day where on Easter we would be able to watch The Passion of the Christ. And then finally we all hit teenage years, and they're like, okay, I think you guys are ready. So then we all sat in the living room, and we all watched The Passion of the Christ. And like the scene where Jesus is getting like hurt, all of us were crying. We were all crying, and we were like in each other's shoulders like, what is this? Jesus go through that for us we were having like a midlife crisis we were like this is Christianity right here like this is what's going on we were just all going through it and I remember all of us after the movie we we're like God Jesus really sacrificed his life for us like that was so like I can't even like say the introduction during chapel and Jesus like over here like dying and so when I was watching that I realized that Jesus really sacrificed his life. How important it was that he died for us so we could have the life that we always wanted, eternal life. And 
Jesus did this all knowing his duty. He understood that if he didn't do this, life was not going to be good for us and it would just be the end to God's creation. And he's like, I understand my duty. And he went ahead and did it. As Christians, I feel like sometimes we forget that our whole point of being Christians is that we have to be like Jesus. And mostly what Jesus is telling us to do throughout the Bible, through the end, like the the Gospels, is that we now need to go into the world and do what God asks of us, the great things that God has asked for us to do, that this is what we're meant to do. Not only go to church and worship him, yes, it's nice, but the whole point, our whole life, our journey that we have to go through is finding out ways how to tell everybody how amazing our lives are with having God in it, knowing his sacrifice, knowing what he's done for us. That is the whole point. And sometimes we use all these excuses that Gideon gave that, you know, that we don't feel qualified, we shouldn't do it, we should wait for someone else, and that we're not willing to sacrifice all these things to do what God asks of us to do. And when we take away all these excuses and we finally do what God wants us to do, the world could be so much different. We would, everybody would be trying to make a change. If everybody in this room did what God gave them, their talents and everything, the world would be different. Everything would be so much better. But sometimes we come into church looking nice and looking handsome and then walk out and go eat and then call it a Sabbath. But that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to come into church looking nice, but taking the message and then taking it back into the world right after, going right out and saying the exact same thing that I'm telling you all right now. That's basically what God wants all of us to do. But I understand there's a lot of things in the way. I have a research paper due on Sunday, and then I have this concert. And so I was like, I'm not going to be able to preach. This is a no. And then Pastor Matt asked me, and I was like, yes, thank you. I wanted to. I'm so happy. Because I understood that I can't be saying no to what God asks of me. He has a reason for me to do it. So what I'm all here to tell you today, my call for you, is that don't use any of these excuses. Don't let these excuses be the reason why you don't do something great for God. And during this time of uh, learning about the story of Jesus and how he came for us and how we waited for him to come, we waited for him to come save us, now God is waiting for us to do our part, part, and that is to share the gospel, and that is to let everybody know that everything's set in stone, that Jesus died, and now all you need to do is accept the gift of life. And that's what it is. So don't keep God waiting and not doing what he asks of you. Thank you.